This is Gross Anatomy, where pop culture meets health culture. Let's get to it. Hi, Allie. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Good morning. Welcome to Gross Anatomy. So this week, we're going to catch up. Cutting you off, because you have to realize that I'm an old geezer who's totally tech ridiculous. You just assume I, I know stuff, but I'm I'm a total moron. I, I have no idea about, for, for you, it's like easy, you know, I got a this and a that. For me, I need you guys to help me along. What did you have trouble with this morning for context? Was it, were you, are you talking about the calendar invite? Yeah, the calendar e-buy, the, then even finding the, then finding the link and all that stuff. Cause I, I'm not, for whatever reason, I'm just whatever. I'm just not up with the times. It's okay. You don't use it as much in your job as I do. Like a lot of your roles, probably more FaceTime and yes, med- not- medical tech, not like your Google calendar. Right. But maybe soon I'll be able to do my surgeries that way. Mm-hmm. You never know. I mean, it's good to know either way. It gives me peace to see my calendar. If I'm going somewhere, the address is already there. I can click it from my phone and directs me there. It's nice. I think you might like it if you take the chance. Yeah. The truth is with, with tech is uh, I have a feeling that if I really learned it or had someone really go over and really just took like a few hours of my time, I could probably be a much more efficient person just in general. I think those tech experts, they have it figured out, I think, a little bit. But maybe not even an expert, just a few little, like whatever your little conveniences would be, you know, like a faster way to whatever, direct to this or do that. I bet Mariano could do that with you. Probably. Shout out Mariano. There you go. Shout out Mariano. The the problem is, is as a doctor, especially at a big fancy hospital, there's so many... I use that hospital's email as my email, which has all the protections and things like that. But then I have a Google email and then I we have this messaging system that's totally separate. Then we have regular texting. So it seems like there's just so many different things that I have to pay attention to. And it'd be nice if somehow it were all just linked to one system, but I'm not even sure if that's doable. No, I hear you. At old jobs, my job now doesn't use Slack, but it's basically like Instant messaging, you've probably seen it, but that was this whole separate thing on my phone that back and forth instant messaging that I always had to check. And then every job has a different software that I learn at each place I go. So I'm sure you guys have some secure platform and then you go home and you check your personal email and it's totally different. I can forget to check my personal email when I'm just checking work over and over. And then I'm like, oh yeah, the podcast stuff is in my personal inbox. I need to check that regularly too. It's a lot. Two calendars. I invite... Now I invite my work email to a lot of stuff. So I see it on both calendars because it's helpful for me. And what's weird is I use my work email for everything mm-hmm. and everybody for most things. And everybody's always like, you shouldn't use your work email for, a- I'm like, I'd rather just have it all in one place and maybe I'll get in trouble one day. Who knows? I, I know. hear you. It is easier. There's definitely, you should be cautious, but for most things, I I mean, even when I sign up for like a new yoga studio, sometimes I'm like, I'll squeeze a free week out of my work email now. <laughs> but I have a new email. My other thought, I know we're supposed to talk about what we're supposed to talk about on the podcast, but getting back to with all our security stuff, especially, you know, at the hospital, logging into the hospitals thing, and you probably deal with it too. I feel like the world should do a class action lawsuit on tech 
asking for our time back, spending all this extra time with password security. Mm -hmm. It takes so much time just to log in sometimes to, I want my time back. What do you I think? hear Can you. Start- it's, I think we could. We have a lawyer in the family now. Shout out Savannah. Second shout out. There you go. <laughs> and yeah. um, that actually can segue us into my next topic. So I'm using this as a pivot. One of our I topics today is I looked at the exploding topics email that I mentioned to you on another episode. My girlfriend told me to sign up for it. And it mentioned at-home STI testing as a growing search. So that's a tech that I think could do a lot of good. And I want would love to hear your perspective on it too. It's basically just SCI testing that you're getting delivered to your door. There's a few brands that are big, one called Nurks, one called My Lab Box. But I'm thinking that it's just going to lower so many, the rate of STIs, because half of that is probably the stigma of going in to get tested and it's inconvenient and you feel nervous to go there. If people are doing it at home, I think that it's going to be such a good service. Well, before we talk about that, what is an STI? I don't even, you know, it's funny when- Oh, you call it STDs. Yeah. Yeah. You guys called it STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, but we- so at some point, I, I remember hearing SCD and then one year they just pivoted middle school for me or something. They started calling it a sexually transmitted, is it infection? infection. Yeah. yeah. So the I is for infection now, we call it an STI and we learned about it in sex ed and one year they changed the name. See, I didn't even know that. I When you texted me STI, I, had to, I was like, what's an STI? Because <laughs> all I knew was STD and I'm like, huh. But it definitely sounds less scary as an STI compared to an STD. Like an infection is way better than a disease. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can tell us what's the difference between a disease and infection. Is it just the name sounds less scary or is there a real medical difference? I really think it's just a name change to sound less scary. I don't I don't really think there's a difference between an infection is a disease and a disease could be an infection. So I, I think it's really just tomato, tomato a little bit. But it definitely sounds less scary. And maybe that's that was my guess is that's probably why less stigma, less scary, people more willing is my guess to test if they just call it an infection rather than, oh, I got the disease. Disease, you know, yeah, yeah. Guess. They rebranded. I, I think it's smart. Yeah, it is smart. I'm sure it was some big marketing campaign. I only know one person who's done it. And it did, I mean, this isn't a real study. This is just my my guess. I The only person I know who's done it is male. And I wonder if they're less likely to go in. In high school, I had girlfriends who would just go to Planned Parenthood or wherever or just ask their doctor if they're comfortable to get tested if you know they were nervous or anything. And then I didn't really know any guys who talked about that. I'd never heard any of them talking to me as a partner or as a friend about it. So I'm like, I wonder if it'll really help with that demographic, young men who are maybe apprehensive to go in and if they could just order to their house, they'll actually do it. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a good idea. It's very, I'm very curious about it. I don't know any of the details about it, but it sounds like it's it's worth doing. And apparently it's cheaper than a doctor's visit, which isn't surprising, but interesting. And Maybe it, we should invest. And it checks everything? HIV. Let's see. I'm not the expert. It says infections. The U.S. is seeing a rapid rise in, okay, here it says STDs again, even though it's titled STIs, in syphilis that rose 26% over the last year, the highest level since 91. HIV rose 16% during that time frame as well. And these at-home STI tests are coming up as a solution to combat that problem. Let's see. 
It just says blood tests, vitamin tests, and food sensitivity tests are like in a similar category. So it must, yeah, if you're able to prick your own finger, I don't know how much blood you need for some of these tests. It's interesting to me that there's a rise in all of that stuff. And I wonder how much of it, the internet age that that maybe, and I, I don't know this, you know, because of those apps where you could swipe to go hook up. Is it because of those dating apps where you could just meet someone and hook up and it's kind of easier now? I don't know, or is it a result of COVID? People just felt so needing to get out and just be free. Because I'm, I'm wondering why that rise, why we're seeing that rise. It says over the last year. So I feel like dating apps have been around for way longer than the last year. So I would say your latter, your latter <laughs> hypothesis probably of people being deprived, they're at home and now they're back out and they're free. It's like, yeah, they're less cautious maybe. maybe. An interesting thing, you know, as surgeons, especially, or as nurses in the operating room and scrub techs is, you know, there's always that fear that you're going to get splashed with blood, hit with a needle, cut, whatever. And, you know, I was, I was talking to our pre-med students. I run this pre-med program. It happens way more commonly than people think. You know, it's always dramatic when you see it in a TV show or a movie, you know, someone mm -hmm. gets a pretty common getting stuck or splashed. And fortunately, the incidence of transmission on all those things is low. But occasionally, you know, that's another way that someone could contract hepatitis, HIV, uh, or just maybe even weird infections. So, so, you know, I knew a surgeon who, I think there was a needle or a scalpel left on the stretcher and the surgeon didn't notice it, was helping move the patient and got cut and developed this massive infection in his hand. And mm. so bad that he's not a practicing surgeon anymore. I mean, pretty devastating. Oh, that is devastating. That's wild. That's, yeah, there's nothing you can really do. He didn't know that was there, but that's definitely changed his life. Changed his life. Well, yeah, so what does he do? Do you just, I was going to say, dude, does he practice, but he can't do surgery? I think he was doing kind of medicine, but now I've really lost touch with him. I don't know. Really good guy too. So it's, it's pretty devastating. Yeah. You got to be careful. That's hard. It's, and it's a weird freak thing too. You can't know. Okay, well, the second thing I was going to talk about, hard to transition off of that, was sleep hygiene is the other exploding topic, and specifically mouth taping. Have you heard of mouth taping? I never heard of mouth taping, no. We didn't do a proper <laughs> intro, so people don't know why I have these random topics today. We're going over some health trends, and mouth taping is all over my TikTok, and then I saw this email. So I was like, this is happening. We're talking about it. I mean, sleep hygiene's on the rise, as we know. People are interested. I did not see mouth taping on my TikTok. I haven't seen that one. Do you spend time on TikTok? I do spend time on TikTok, and I have a TikTok, and and uh, and we're pretty active on TikTok actually. I like the dog videos. You know, the mm -hmm. dogs you know, with the other animals where they love each other. <laughs> and I used to really follow the. Um, parkour but i haven't done a long time you know what parkour is yes i do i love to picture you scrolling tiktok and it's just dogs and parkour that's amazing yeah those are my two big ones although lately it's more just animals and stuff i love that mine is honestly a lot of health trends and food good recipes and then niche little things like mouth taping and pilates moves and whatever so here's the deal with mouth taping the search for mouth tape has increased 265% over the last two years. It's just an adhesive strip that you place. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory on your lips while you sleep. And apparently the, the strips are designed. I feel like you could use any tape to minimize mouth breathing. 
which reduces snoring, improves sleep quality. And oh, it says it doesn't peel off the skin. That's why it's special and it's not regular tape. But it's supposed to help your sleep and the shape of your face and like your nose and mouth and stuff. So it's half of it's this beauty thing. The other half is you're getting deeper sleep when you're breathing through your nose, I guess. Do we I would be a little nervous. Like if not put on properly, you know, you may stop breathing or something. Have you ever seen a mouth tape? Have you ever done it? No, I, unless I have a stuffy nose though, I'm not breathing through my mouth at night. I don't think, I mean, I can't watch, but it's, you can feel the difference. You know, if you're sick and you wake up and you breathe through your mouth all night, it just, you don't feel good in the morning. I must confess, I am a bit of a snorer, especially if like I overeat and stuff or I'm like really tired, I might snore, but then I just turn over and sleep on my stomach and then I don't snore. But if I fall asleep on my back, I'm snoring a little bit. So maybe when you turn over, your mouth is closed and you're breathing through your nose. So maybe you need mouth tape. Or just go right to sleep (laughs) on my stomach. But you know what's funny is mouth taping made me think of my crazy father, who (laughs) who unfortunately isn't with us anymore. But my kids called him Crazy Zeta. Zeta is, you know, Yiddish for grandpa. And he was crazy. And they called him Crazy Zeta. My dad loved to even be referred to as Crazy Zeta. He was crazy. And we used to antagonize and bug the crap out of my dad by pushing his nose down, you know, towards his his uh, lip, towards mm-hmm. his upper lip. Hated that so much. He would get so angry, and he deliberately push his nose back up. And then we'd see him walking around the house with a piece of scotch tape or masking tape, lifting his nose <laughs> up, taped to his forehead so that it would bring his nose back up. So that's what mouth tape made me think of, my crazy Zeta walking around the house, giving himself a nose lift with tape. I mean, he might be onto something. I, I could see that being the next trend on TikTok, saying if you want a nose lift. Because I know right. you can get Botox there, you can get to keep your nose from drooping. So maybe tape is the solution. He's hacked the system. Don't tell Bernice, we're going to take her job away. Everyone could just buy tape and tape their nose up. (laughs) My mom, who's also crazy and and knows, she says, what'd she say? That I would have been bored with another mom. So she's all over. She said, I'm never, you're never bored, are you? And I said, no. She used to tell me when I started to get a wrinkle here that I should, between my eyebrows, because people can't see me pointing, that I should just put tape there before bed. Because I said, sometimes I wake up and I'm furrowing if I have a bad dream. And she said, that's what the women used to do. You just put a piece of scotch tape there. And I thought, maybe she's right. She could be onto something. We're hacking the whole thing. Mouth taping, face taping, nose taping. Did you ever try it? No, I think I did just go see Bernice and have her put Botox between my eyebrows. Shout out to Bernice. Because exactly, another shout out. Because I knew, I was like, I'm going to forget the tape. I'm tired. You know, I'm just going to go right to bed. So this was a more reasonable solution. But maybe I'll try it when it wears off. Maybe my dad and your mom knew each other. I, but they probably did. Is he also a New York Jew? They probably were cut from the same cloth. So my mom, she loves another New York Jew. Maybe they were in the same tape school. They probably were. She's from Yonkers. Where in New York? My dad grew guys? up on the Lower East Side. The Lower okay. East Side. Of, so maybe not. Yeah, but who not? But my dad loved going to the racetrack in Yonkers. So maybe okay. maybe they saw each other racetrack. I didn't even know there was a racetrack. Also, he might have been a bit older than my mom, so maybe he saw her dad there or something. <laughs> exactly. I'm guessing. The, the the other weird thing about people 
I actually made a point about it on one of our silly TikToks about masks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that with the mask that everybody wears, you know, the one with the straps behind your ears, you know, the elastic behind your ears. I don't wear that one because I we did a TikTok about it because people made fun of me about the mask that I wear, the surgical mask. They're like, why is he always in a surgical mask? So I, I said the reason is is a few things. One, it doesn't affect my ears. The regular mask that everybody wears, it would dig into my ears, and I started getting cuts in the back of my ears. Wow. Whereas the surgical, I just tie on the top of my head, and there's nothing behind my ears because I have a big head and very sensitive skin. I'm very sensitive. You have a big brain. There you go. Exactly. That's right. Yep. And then the other thing is, I like that it gives you the the mask that I wear gives you more room in the face. Because I think the mask with the elastic thing behind your ears kind of smushes your face in a little bit. And I think it smushes everybody's noses in. So I think we should develop the tape, going back to the nose tape thing. I think we should develop a thing for the mask that elevates people's noses. I'm wondering if this generation of people are going to have a more smushed in nose and need the nose tape rather than the mouth tape. That's true. And you're really validating my sister-in-law had this theory. Every time my brother put his mask on, she said it was pushing his nose down and she would make him take it off the second he walked in the door and she'd try to pull pull his nose up. So I hope I'm going to have to tell her now that we agree with her. And if you don't want to do Botox in the tip of your nose, yeah, shout out to my sister-in-law, Olivia. If you don't want to do Botox in the tip of your nose, you just tape your nose up. Just, I don't know for how many minutes, because this isn't a real medical <laughs> science, but you just tape right. your nose up for as long as feels good. We call it the crazy Zeta technique. The crazy Zeta technique. I love that. We'll make that viral. That could be your next TikTok. Great. I bet you if you did do a, a TikTok on that, it would go viral. I should walk around the office with some tape on my nose and do a TikTok about it. I like that, actually. Well, shout out to Mariano once again. Let's do that. (laughs) Mariano, I hope you're listening. Okay, speaking of the office, you messaged me this week about Dr. Susan Love, who died last Sunday. And I wanted to ask more about her and then share what I read a little bit because she sounds like an amazing woman. She was the director of the UCLA Breast Center, and she really changed the game, it sounds like, with the way patients were being treated, because I think she understood that the process was really scary and then had some empathy. It sounds like you must, it must have changed your work. That's what I'm curious about. How did her approach to treating cancer patients change your work? How did she change the game? I mean, Dr. Susan Love, who who I'm very sad that I never got to meet or interact with, her name is just very well known in the breast cancer, breast surgery, medical community. And, and I think any woman with breast cancer, she wrote these kind of the same thing about what to do when you're expecting, you know, those books about mm-hmm. having a baby. She wrote a non-scary book for anyone with breast cancer, how, how to, you know, a manual of how to deal with it and everything. But I read a little bit about her too, because I did, I just always knew her name and I knew she was synonymous with breast cancer and just right across town. So I really wish I'd gotten a chance to meet her, but she really took away, I think, a lot of the cookie cutter approach to breast cancer. She kind of made it more in, you know, helped focus on breast cancer treatment being much more individualized rather than just standard approach. I think she made it a lot less scary. She made it less, you know, in the olden days, all doctors were men and, and, you know, surgeons were men. And I think it was nice to have a female perspective and someone who was less about, you know, what's crazy with breast cancer is in the olden days, the treatment for breast cancer was radical. And, and the surgery was called a radical mastectomy, where the entire breast, no matter what level of breast cancer you had, 
the entire breast was removed, but not just the breast. It was a deforming operation. The pectoralis major and minor muscles were removed too, oh. just down to the bone, so down to the sternum. So in the olden days, women who had breast cancer were pretty deformed, and there was no plastic surgery and no reconstruction. So it was pretty crazy, and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was 50 years ago, probably even, maybe even 40 years ago, probably, women were being treated that way, which is nuts. And so she really helped guide caregivers and especially patients about how to what to do and then even about normal breast development you know in teenagers and she was just groundbreaking i wish i really wish i had so when i heard she had died i i wanted to look her up a little bit and just give her a shout out interesting fun fact she actually went to the same medical school as I did, so SUNY Downstate in Brooklyn. So shout out to SUNY Downstate in Brooklyn, which nobody even has ever heard about on the West Coast. They're like, SUNY? What's that? And I have to explain that SUNY is kind of the equivalent of the UC system, but no one on the West Coast has any idea of SUNY. I only shout do because to- of my, my mom as well. I think my mommy went, my, my mommy, my mom. Your mommy? Where did your mommy go? <laughs> called her that since I was 10. I, that. I said SUNY and mom. mom. Shout out to everyone's <laughs> mommy. She'll love this episode. I'm going to make her listen to it now. She went to SUNY New Paltz, I think. I don't want to get that wrong, but I hadn't heard of any of the SUNY schools until she mentioned that to me when I was however old, high school or something. And so now I'm probably the only West Coaster. Everyone else is like, what's SUNY? What's, what is that? So thanks to mom, mommy. Thanks, mommy. Thanks, yeah, mommy. Love her. Thanks, mommy. Also oh, on my. Susan Love, I, I read an article that mentioned some really sweet things that she offered a tape recorder and tape to each of her patients because she said the second you get that diagnosis, your ears basically stop working and that you may forget everything your doctor says after that. So it was a way for her patients to listen back if they had questions and when it was being explained. And then also she said, if people are asking you too many questions, even like a well-intentioned friend is asking you so many questions and you don't have the energy to answer it play the tape and go to the movies that was a lot of apparently a lot of her um, advice was go to the movies just do your thing so it was interesting to see that she really didn't want people to feel like a patient she said capital p patient she wanted to just feel like people just good i love that she really Mm -hmm. humanized the patient which which is great and it is so true, you know, and unfortunately, anytime we give that cancer diagnosis, it's so often that the patient just doesn't hear the rest, you know, and she also talked about making sure people have, bring an advocate with them, you know, to meetings, to office visits, so that same kind of principle as the tape recorder thing, so that someone else is there asking you, asking questions, listening also, and processing everything. It's smart. Yeah, she, I'm really sad I, I didn't get the chance to, to meet her, and she was oh. young. Oh yeah, she I I forget what the what her age was, but she was I don't know what she even died of either. I Yeah, leukemia at 76. I'd be interested to know if she was studying all this cuz she knew she was at risk or it was just this coincidence. Is that just a weird This was just what she was studying and didn't develop cancer, you know, until later in life and she had multiple editions of her book that she wrote and in the intro of her most recent book she talks about how she's how hard this edition is, is because she's herself is going through chemo and she talks about the side effects of chemo a little bit. So it's interesting to hear in the introduction, her perspective as a patient now, which, mm. which was 
again, I'm just so sad I didn't get the chance because one of the things I get to do running this pre-med program that I do is we have guest doctors talk about their journeys and we get doctors from all walks of life. And I've had doctors from different institutions. So shame on me for not finding her and reaching out to her. I, and I, I think it, it's reminding me that I should try to reach out to all sorts of people. Actually, fun, weird fact, I reached out to Anthony Fauci during COVID to see mm. if he would be a guest for our pre-med program. And strangely enough, I got a nice email back. Wow. I and I don't know, a general, you know, one of those blanket emails, but I got an email back from his number two guy saying, you know, sorry, Dr. Fauci's busy, blah, blah, blah. And I had the chutzpah to say, well, would you be willing? Also a doctor. I'd said, would you be willing to come on? And he didn't respond to that, but it was still kind of interesting. Always shoot your shot. That's a good reminder for anyone listening. And that reminds me of, did you ever read the book When Breath Becomes Air? Or have you heard of it? Yes. It was like a yes. similar yeah. Yeah. similar story. It's a, I think he's a cancer surgeon. I don't remember what kind of doctor he was, but he then he's battling stage four metastatic lung cancer. And he writes this book about shifting his view to the way he was treating patients and when they were going through chemo. And then he just describes his physical, emotional, basically very spiritual experience. And it was really beautiful the way he understood it so differently and what they felt like. It was really good and sad, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cra crazy, you know, that perspective too. What was his name? Paul Kalan Kalanithi. It is a good yeah. reminder to reach out to those, those guests you want or whatever it is, people you want to connect with. Yeah. And it, it also goes back to a mentoring Monday that I don't know if Mariano posted yet, just saying that. You know, when you think of someone, text them or reach mm. out to them. Oftentimes I'll do that. Someone pops in my mind. That's the beautiful thing about texting. You don't have to have a whole conversation. You can just say, hey, you, just thinking about you. Hope you're good. See, technology there has you. those two sides. It's, it sucks time, but it also is the great connector, the great equalizer there too. It's the good and the bad. That is a good reminder. And by the time this goes live, not live, but it's up, I'm sure your mentoring Monday will be up. So it'll be... We're circling back to that point. Well, anything else from you? What are you up to this week? What are you watching, reading, listening to? I have to still finish Succession. I haven't finished it yet. Have you? No, I finished season one. That's where, uh, that's where I am in Succession. And we're into Bear season two now. Because that oh, recently like came the bear. out. Yeah. Right, season so two I came out. finished the Bear and Succession. Those are the two things that I'm going to probably try to do this week. Because Bernice, shout out to Bernice again lost interest in the end session because she was finding it too political and she's like yeah i, I don't want to watch it anymore she was it's so, enough in life she was over it she's like this i don't need this so i have to finish that on my own and the bear i think i'm gonna watch on my own too because she wasn't interested in it and then i started watching it with izzy shout out to izzy who <laughs> and who's, so who's zoom you're it. on right now there you go Yep. There you go. Hey, Izzy. Okay, yeah, I'm finishing The Bear. I've been listening Bear. to Smartless podcast, and that's my update. I've been so busy, but The Bear, I always find time because it's short episodes, so I'm going to finish that first and then circle back to Succession. I love Smartless. I, I Did we talk about Smartless yet? We talked with Casey about Smartless, I believe. He said he watched it. Casey Brummel's the episode that went up recently. He He listens to it. Sorry, not watches it. And then I had already heard so many wrecks. So I started listening after he said that. And you said you'd listen to one episode in the car at that point. Right. But I wound up listening to a ton of them driving up to move my kid out of college. And 
Those guys are great. They're so fun. It's such a good, it's a mood booster, truly. I'm laughing, I'm walking alone and just cackling. It's such a good way to start the day for me. We need to get those guys on the podcast. All right, I'm on it, Doc. Don't worry. That should be our goal. There you go. Assignment accepted. There you All go. right, well, I'm going to go do my Saturday. It's Saturday rare for us, so I'm going to go enjoy the sun that's out in L.A. for once Very here. Very nice. Finally. I'm going out, right? Where are you going? To do surgery. I have to do an emergency surgery, so I'm off to go do that. He's off to do his duties. Amazing. You do it all, the pod and then surgery. There you go. Well, thank you so much for doing Saturday with me. All right. I like Saturdays. Thanks for listening, everybody, to our Saturday I was, I was trying to think of something clever to say, but I can't. To our Saturday podcast. <laughs> our leave sa- it at that. Yep. Saturdays <laughs> with Jason and Allie. It's a new name. And there you go. Have a good one. There you go. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. As a reminder, Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 